and welcome to Shop Talk, the real estate show. I'm John Forche, and joining me on this episode is Bob Lachance, founder of Riva Global, a virtual assistant company aiming to streamline your real estate business. So, Bob, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, so let's start with your background. Sounds good. I got a long background, but I'll keep it uh, <laughs> short and sweet. Um, I got into real estate in 2004. Prior to that, I played professional hockey for eight years, uh, four wow. years here, four years in Europe. So uh, it was a good ride until uh, the ride had to end. Got a little old. I was on my third knee surgery, so I figured I have to hang it up. Uh, my wife was at home and I had my first kid. So I was living in Europe. They were living at home. So I figured, you know what? Uh, now's the best time to, uh, to, you know, hang up my skates and retire. Uh, so I jumped into real estate right away. Um, I decided actually to look at a couple different industries and, and the, the one that had the least amount or least barrier of entry was real estate. So I'm like, you know what? I started reading some books, you know, probably like many of us on this podcast, mm-hmm. I got interested in real estate. I first jumped into real estate investing. So gotcha. I was an investor first. My first property um, was a flip, a rehab flip. Ended up doing pretty well. I made $32,000. And then uh, I looked in the mirror and I said, I had no idea what systems were. I had no idea what a team was. I had no idea about anything of that, anything like that. So uh, I decided to, you know, learn more and more about it, especially lead generation. I know in the agent world and the investor world, we're all, we all need, to, we need leads. Uh, we're not in business unless we have leads, right? Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot about that and ended up uh, jumping in the short sale world back in the day. Uh, so I did over seven, seven, eight hundred short sale transactions, um, which which are not the most fun. I do have to do have to tell you, I know, and short sales will be coming back. So I just want to I want to highlight that for sure. Um, probably in the next three, four, five months is my guess when they're coming back. A great way to learn. The industry, whether you're an agent, investor, doesn't matter um, because you'll learn a lot about the process. But through that time, I helped start a couple of education programs. Um, I got my real estate license as well, uh, but I did let that lapse a little bit. I'm getting it again today oh, wow. because we, yeah, because we are driving a ton of leads, and I've missed opportunities for listings. Um, I'm looking to buy them as investors, but list uh, listings are, are a huge opportunity for us right now. But through the years, um, I realized there was a big need, not only in my business, but within a lot of the, the students we were coaching. Um, and that was time. Um, I know agents as well. I know you have a lot of new agents um, on this podcast. And uh, a lot of them struggle with time management and what to do first. And, you know, they're looking at their calendar and they're, they're getting really nervous. Uh, so I noticed that back probably about 10 years ago. And then um, 2013, I got introduced to what virtual assistants were. Uh, and I got my first virtual assistant in 2013. And then 2014, a light bulb went off because all my friends, all my agent buddies, all my investor buddies were saying, hey, what are you doing? Virtual assistant? What is that? Explain it to me. I'm like, so right away, light bulb went off. Uh, so I launched my first company in 2014 uh, that uh, offered virtual assistant services. Uh, and all my virtual assistants are out of the Philippines. Uh, so I offered virtual assistant services to agents, investors, property managers. Uh, we also launched a, uh, a medical division side, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. Um, yep. And then, uh, so fast forward today, um, I have a, a very successful real estate uh, trained virtual assistant company, along with obviously my investment side as well. So it's long and short. Sorry if wow. I, that was long winded. No, no, no. That was great. 
Uh, wow. From hockey to investing to starting your own business. That's, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you don't learn a lot when you're sitting in a hockey locker room though. I, I can promise you that. So there's a lot of trial and error at the beginning. Of course. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So you started in 2014, uh, Reva Global. Uh, 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Reva Global or Reva Global started actually 2018. My first virtual assistant company, uh, I had an old partner back in 2014, we went our separate ways. I launched this company uh, in 2018. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. How have you things? How have you seen things change in that time? Uh, through that time, you know what? Um, technology's taken off. You yeah. Know, since 2004, it's really, really taken off uh, for the better. You know, now you could go online on different sites and pull um, what we look at as motivated seller lists, right? Whether it's a pre foreclosure list, whether they're tax liens, probates, right? Uh, for sale by owners are very easy to pull. Expireds are very easy to pull because there's a lot of data sites that I'm seeing uh, that we use in our business that we use to, to pull any types of potentially motivated seller lists. Hmm. So how does a virtual assistant differ from say installing a chat bot on a website? Uh, chat, well, virtual assistant, depending on what you want the virtual assistant to do. That's a funny question. I, I don't think I've ever, I've ever been asked that question. Uh, virtual assistant is a live human being, right? Um, we have our virtual assistants, kind of interesting. So our virtual assistants are four year, have four year college degrees, um, out of, obviously out of the Philippines. Um, very, very, very high proficiency, uh, in English. Um, neutral accent. Uh, their culture is incredible. So a lot different than a bot because a bot is computerized um, in a virtual assistant. There's no difference. And this is the way I best, best explain it. A virtual assistant, whether they're, they're living, sitting in your office or they're in another state or another country, um, we're finding, especially what we're going through right now, we have to, as business owners, agents, what, uh, we have to learn how to interact with individuals that aren't sitting in our office. If we don't and we can't do that, we're going to be, we're going to be struggling for a long time since business has changed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say that the, the bigger, more successful agents probably already had to get used to that kind of stuff. You know, say if they sell in multiple States, multiple countries even, but how do you think COVID-19 has, has changed everything possibly forever? You know, on the, especially if we just talk to real estate side, um, real estate showings are going to be changing. Yeah. Um, you know, all of think about this. When you look at um, what is, what it takes to get a listing, right? You have pre-listing tasks, you have listing tasks, you have sale pending tasks, and you have post-closing tasks. All of those tasks have to get done. So what happened prior to COVID you had to do a lot of that stuff face-to-face, -face. but now you have DocuSign. You have a lot of different online tools now that you could get the seller to sign everything online, mm -hmm. right? And that's changing a lot. And, and, and you know what? It's making a lot of us be more efficient, right? And it's allowing us to scale. And in the end, it, it, it will get our time back because those are the three things that we're all fighting for, efficiency, scale, and time freedom. Yeah. Definitely. So what are some key benefits of a virtual assistant? Obviously the time, but yep. what Time's can they actually huge. do? Um, so there's, when I start looking at, uh, when I put my real estate agent hat on, you know, you look at uh, different things that real estate agents need to number one, launch a business and number two, stay in business. And number three, be efficient long-term. You know, you could break it up into lead generation would be one of them, 
right? And I could, I could go over some tasks as well if you want. Another one is lead follow-up because that, that's really, really important. We could generate a crap ton of leads, but if we don't have time to follow up on any of those leads, we just threw money in the garbage, mm -hmm. right? And then you have transaction coordinating type tasks. You have listing management tasks, marketing, branding, social media type tasks, and then administrative assistant kind of inbound call management tasks. So how would you advise an agent uh, on when they should consider getting an assistant? So I would say, you know, if they're brand new, wait six, seven, eight months. Um, I would say average at least a closing a month to be able to do that because, a, you know, adding a, a virtual assistant on your team could give you an extra one, two, three closings by handing off some of the tasks for you. But I would definitely say one closing, depending on where you are uh, per month, that would be the start. And so when you started your business, how did you go about building out your team? Uh, a lot of trial and error. Uh, <laughs> for me personally, I, and I'm, I live in Connecticut. So if I am going to hire someone and pay them in uh, Connecticut, they're expensive, right? If you look at the national average, uh, someone coming out of college with a four-year degree, they're making anywhere between forty-five dollars to $50,000, now, if you're a small business owner, you're an agent to pay someone that much money, you're going to struggle because at the beginning, you may not even be making that much money, right? Right. But when you look at virtual assistants, virtual assistants are a quarter of that price, you know, where you're paying, you know, a, when you're paying a, a U.S. based um, four-year college graduate $50,000, you could pay a full-time someone working for my company $19,000 as an example. So you could, you, you could leverage someone else's time. Again, that is still a 40 hour a week position. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. So, so how do you, how do you vet the quality of these assistants? You know what? We have a uh, recruiting department and a sourcing department in the Philippines. We also have uh, a training department because we put them in a, a one month training platform. Um, and then we have a placements department and then our operations department. So when we vet them first, on our uh, recruiting department, we source, we probably go through around four to 500 applications every month. Right? Wow. So we're screening through all those applications. We're looking for different things like four-year college degree, if they have any call center experience. And there's some other stuff that we look at as well. Um, then, we, then they go through what's called an initial interview where we look at their, you know, the accent, their English proficiency, and then they go through a final interview and finally a systems check to see what kind of computers they have, see what kind of speed test on their computers, what kind of backup, et cetera. So they go through a very, very uh, strict kind of checklist, if you will, before they even get into the training program. So say I'm an agent who just got a virtual assistant and now all of the time consuming kind of menial tasks are being outsourced. What should I spend yep. my time doing? So after you outsource, are you saying personally as an agent, what should you spend That's time right. doing? That's right, yeah. Um, once all the lead generation, you should be spending time with buyers and sellers. I mean, I always say that all the time because that's where our money's made. Um, you know, locking up listings, locking up buyers, the time consuming part comes where, where agents, you know, start pulling their hair out is when they, you know, they'll get one listing, two listings, three listings. Then they have to go home and upload it to every single site, upload the MLS, upload it to Zillow, upload it here, upload it there, start marketing the property. That's before they even, you know, had to leave their house. They're in their house, you know, at night. We know this business is, is very time consuming. There's a lot of admin work, and a lot of paperwork. 
in this business. So that's, that's the first thing I would say, definitely outsource that because you will get a lot of your time back because as an agent, you're only, you are making money when you're meeting with people, when you're talking to people, when you're, you're networking. I saw your, uh, I listened to your, I got to get the name right. I listened to your, one of the podcasts. Very good. Jim Remley. Yeah. Out of Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very good podcast. That guy's a, that guy's a beast. Very yeah. <laughs> Jim is impressive. Um, yeah. And he talked a lot about consistency work um, and follow through and he's, he nails it 100% correct because you're not making any money unless you're meeting people. And he, he had a pretty cool system on, I think I got probably, I'm probably butchering this, but you know, meeting one extra person a day and then, right. you know, using that one person and expanding it, knocking yeah. on five doors in the neighborhoods is really cool. Uh, that's what you should be doing. That's, that's how you make money. Yeah. I love that approach where it's just, it's, it becomes a numbers game. You know, if, if yep. you are always professional about it and always personable and you just touch that many new people each day, then the business should yep. grow. So you won't be able to do that unless if you're sitting down in your office doing all paperwork, that's, that's where the challenges come from. Right. That's totally right. So, uh, with COVID-19 and all this pandemic making everyone stay inside, uh, do you have any tips on how to work better when you're remote? Absolutely. Um, so on, I, I would look at the lead generation side, right? So if we start looking at different tasks for agents of, of working remote, um, number one, you have to work on obviously your phone skills, right? Phone skills and, and building rapport, whether it's with sellers, uh, virtual assistants do a great job of, of setting appointments for you. And that's our job then to close them, right? So it's kind of like you and I talking, building rapport with each other, getting to know each other and then having the confidence to work together, right? So yeah. I think the first thing I would do is, um, you know, start working on our communication because I think that's really, really important. That'd be, that'd be the first thing I would say. Communication. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you work on those phone skills? I mean, would you just record you know yourself? It's yeah. It's kind of funny. There's so much training on YouTube. Yeah. That's, you know, there's, there's a ton of training. You put out a lot of content, you know, there's a ton of content. I'm sure Jim puts out a lot of content as well. Just go online and Google it. Google phone skills. Um, there's another, um, on the real estate investing side, a guy by the name of John Martinez as well, has some very good content on phone skills and he puts everything up online. And a lot of us as well put some great content online. And not only that, you made a great point, record ourselves as well. It is painful. I'm going to be honest. It's <laughs> painful to listen to ourselves, but it's something that will 100% get us better at our jobs and communication. Yeah, for sure. After the break, Bob talks about the importance of finding a good mentor. Bob couldn't have made the transition from hockey to real estate without a great education, but an education is only worthwhile if it actually works to your individual needs. That's why you should go with the convenient option, the one that works around your schedule instead of forcing you to cross town three times a week in rush hour traffic. Save 25% now on your online real estate education with the CE Shop using promo code SHOPTALK. So when you were coming off of hockey, what was the, what was the hardest thing about transitioning into to real estate? You know, it's funny. It's, it's trying to find your way. You don't really know when you're transitioning in any industry. Um, it's tough. It's hard. Mm-hmm. You got to work your butt off and do know um, it's a long game. It's not a get rich quick game at all. It takes time to build our sphere of influence. It takes time to build our team. It takes time 
um, to, to, to set up consistent marketing campaigns that will get our phone ringing, right? Both on the buyer side and the listing side. So here's what I would do. I would definitely look at what type of training you have within your brokerage and follow that model and also look online as well and get educated because there are a lot of um, coaching program. I'm, I'm huge on coaching. I've spent a, I can't say spent, I've invested a ton of money in education. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you spend $10,000 and you get one thing, that $10,000 can turn into a hundred, 200, 300 plus thousand dollars throughout the course of your life. So um, I, I would recommend education is huge. It's kind of funny when I was when I was in college, I never said that. I never went to school. You know, I was there playing hockey, and I actually I went to Boston University, and I probably went to half my classes, right? But now that school's over, um, I understand the power of education because sure. what I'm investing in now is going to help me in what I do. Yeah. So when you're looking for education to invest in or mentors, I mean, how do you figure out who's right for you? Because especially in real estate, there are so many, you know, coaches out there. Yep. Here, here's what I do. Um, I interview them and I say, and the first thing I look at, if they're, if I'm interested in something that they're selling, I want to make sure that they're currently doing it. This is what, this is what I do. Again, oh. um, I want to make sure they're currently in the business, either they're a broker or they're an agent or they're an investor or whatever it is. If, if I'm getting a, you know, someone who's a business coach, right? I want to make sure that they have a successful business mm -hmm. and I want, I want them to show me a little bit of it. Um, but that's, that's one, one way that I vet them. Yeah. Did you have any mentors when you were first starting out or maybe still? I did. Yeah, I still do. And I did. Um, my first mentor who actually, I, I just started a, a new podcast with him called Friday Coffee Break. Nice. Again, he was my first, when I did my first flip and I realized that I had zero systems. Um, I, went my, I went to my local real estate investment association and I asked every single person in that association who the top investor in Connecticut was. And they pointed to the same guy. I walked up to him shook his hand. I said, his name was Pat Precourt. I said, Pat, you don't know me, but um, I'm looking to do anything in real estate. And he goes, you know what? I'm looking for a door knocker. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right. So I literally door knocked from 10 AM to 3 PM every single Friday or Monday to Friday for a full year. Oh my gosh. Yep. And it wasn't fun. I'll tell you that, but no. it was the best thing that I ever did because my whole mindset was I need to learn from ground up because if I'm yeah. going to replace myself, and someone asked me a question, a question, I want to make sure I'm able to answer them and not just from something I read, but something for, through the eyes of somebody who experienced it. Yeah. Something you've actually done, right? Yep. Exactly. So those systems that you, that you put in place, what are some of the most effective ones? What do you, what do you see as like the most transformative system? Yep. Uh, lead generation systems for us. Um, so I have a virtual assistant pull pre-foreclosure lists, tax lien lists, probate evictions. And what they do is they pull those leads with the idea that they should, there might be some sort of motivation. Mm -hmm. Also, I live in Connecticut. We do a lot of out-of-state owner campaigns because especially what's going on right now, I'm looking for properties that are rented and maybe the tenants stop paying, right? So now the pain, now you're, now you're, you're looking for tired landlords. Um, and we skip trace those phone numbers, which means we look, or we skip trace those records to get a phone number. And then my virtual assistant's outbound dial to gauge seller motivation. It's kind of like the setter closer model. If somebody raised their hand and say, you know what? Yeah, I may be interested. 
then that's when our acquisition team, myself, get involved. Gotcha. Yep. Hmm. So I'd say on the acquisition, the lead generation part, because in any business, we don't have a business unless we have leads. Of course. Yeah, yeah you got to have people coming in. Yep. That's very, very important. And the other, the, another one on top of that, especially for agents, uh, lead follow-up is huge because I know a lot of agents buy leads from sources that are expensive, whether it's Zillow or w- wherever they are. Um, and what happens is you'll buy all those leads. This, let's say you, you consistently buy leads. You'll buy a hundred leads this month, buy a hundred leads next month, hundred leads. Let's say you're buying a hundred leads every month. What you'll find is maybe you'll dial the first 50, right? And then, you know, maybe one person will answer and then, you know, you rinse and repeat, maybe two people answer, you get a listing, you get busy, you stop following up. Before you know it, you have 400 leads sitting there that you've never touched or you never actually spoken to, even though you bought those leads, right? So virtual assistants will hammer through those leads on a daily basis and call, call, call and try to create a cold lead into a warm lead and then into a listing. Nice. Yep. So on the technology side, uh, given things that have happened the last few months, uh, did you foresee, you know, once quarantines were being put in place all over the country, did you foresee the rise of Zoom? Did you, did you think that this would happen? You know, it's funny. I actually, so um, I also managed a, a real estate coaching program nationwide. So I, this, to me, this is second nature. Yeah. You know, I've owned a virtual assistant company for, I don't know, six years right now. And this has always been the norm for me. So, yeah. you know, for my parents, yeah, it's a little different <laughs> because now they're doing zoom with me and they don't even, they don't even know, they have no idea what zoom was. Yeah. You know, I had a zoom call with my, I coach, I coach ice hockey and my kids uh, for my kids and uh, all of us coaches got together and two of the individuals on the call never use Zoom. And these are adults. And I'm like, you know, they're, they're what, in their 40s? And I was very surprised because this is just second nature for yeah. something I've always done. But I think it's very good, to be honest with you, because, you know, we are in, we, we have been before this, obviously, this stuff we're going through. Um, we were on the path of going virtual anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. If you start looking at how stuff is done, um, you know, we're buying houses right now virtually without even seeing the houses. Right. Which is pretty interesting. And that yeah. has to do with, uh, you know, the advent of Zooms and, and, you know, I know Google's coming out with a, I can't remember what it's called. It used to be uh, hangouts, but they're changing. I think it's Google meet or meet, something. Yep. Yeah. Meet. Um, Microsoft has one too. Everyone's got some sort of platform on it. Um, and I think it's a positive thing because we have to learn how to do business, um, you know, over the phone or through Zoom or through some sort of, you know, technology like that. Yeah, of course. Yep. So how do you think outsourcing technology will progress in the next few years? Outsourcing technology. I mean, we're in a pretty good outsourcing technology space right now with bots, right? There's a lot of AI out there. Um, and that's only getting, I could say, scarier and scarier, yeah. <laughs> meaning better and better. But, you know, um, it's just, it's interesting. You know, you look at what's going on right now they could tap into your phone to see how close you got to someone else who actually has a, an Android platform, right? right? I'm hoping, you know, that stuff doesn't get too far in because it gets scary. That's a privacy thing, right? Yeah. Um, but technology is, is going fast, man. It's, it is it going is. fast. <laughs> you know, it's pretty interesting. So do you think real estate agents will ever be replaced by technology? I do not there's a human aspect of it. I'll tell you what, for me personally, I will, I will not sell my house unless I talk to a human being. 
right? Yeah, I, you know, totally you, agree. You see, these, you see these bigger companies come in, come in the game and they have a pretty interesting business model, right? Um, you know, you read some, you read some statistics where they're not even profitable right now. Right. Right. But they're in the game and they're taking out market share for real estate agents. But for me personally, I would not sell my house unless I was working with a, a human being. And that's just the way I am. And I think especially nowadays, people want the human touch. They want to talk to somebody local. They want to work with somebody local because, you know, especially when, you know, the economy takes a hit, you know, back in, if you look back in 08, 09, 2010, um, you know, they, there was a bad market, but guess what happened? People wanted to help local people, right? It's kind of like when you, when you go to the grocery store, guess what? I'm buying local produce, mm -hmm. right? Rather than a national brand. Right. And it's the same thing with real estate agents, individuals. And this is just through my lens and, and through, you know, through the individuals that I talk to on a daily basis, um, the friends that I have, is they would rather help somebody local than a big national brand. Yeah, and I've also heard the argument that if iBuying was ever going to take off, it would have been right now. Yep. And it yep. kind of hasn't. So <laughs> it, it, it's a new, it's a new model, right? Let's call it what it is. It is a new model. We don't know exactly. And I'm, I don't really think, I don't have a lot of confidence in it. Um, I know people, a lot of, you, you see, you know, you read different stories here, different stories there. Um, real estate agents are going to be around forever, right? Yeah. Um, I'm getting my license again. Like I said, I have a, I have a really strong feeling again. I've been, in business since 2004. So for a pretty long time. Um, and there's some really, really incredible companies out there. You just have to change with the times though. You have to tweak your process, tweak your systems, tweak your te technology. You know, it's just part of it. So the, the brokerages that are on the cutting edge will always be in business. You just got to stay ahead of the curve. Absolutely. All right. Well, my last question is when I ask of all of my guests and it is, if you could go back to the beginning of your career and change one thing, what would it be? If you change one thing, that's a very, very good question. Um, I, what, what is the question? Is it going back in college or is it when you first start real estate? Because I could go, I could go anywhere with this. Uh, let's say real estate. Let's, let's simplify it. Okay. Um, I probably would have right away got educated quicker. I would have jumped into probably, a, I probably would have signed up for a coaching program right away. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky to be honest with it. I found a mentor. Yeah. I was a door knocker for the mentor for a year. <laughs> um, but he taught me a ton in business, but I would have, I would have actually got involved in a coaching program because what that does, it gives you a foundation and it gives you a structure in a launching pad for that. So that's what I would have done personally. And that's what I recommend. I'll tell my kids that right now, I have three kids, I will tell them exactly that when they, when they graduate from college, whatever industry they go in, look for a coaching program and look for a mentor. That's what, that's what my advice would be. Do you feel like after that year of knocking on doors with your mentor that you knew what the next step should be for you? I did. I did. Yeah. Cause yes, cause we were doing shorts we were doing a lot of short sales and my next step, we actually created a, a short sale course through that first door knocking. And then I started negotiating with banks on the phone and then I replaced myself with a, another door knocker. Actually we had two other door knockers going door to door that I managed them. And I also negotiated short sales. Oh, wow. So that was kind of the natural progression. And we did, you know, we did a lot back in the day and um, it was really good. And then we started in the education side while we, while I listed properties, flipped properties, et cetera. So it's kind of the natural progression of, of a lot of stuff. Got into commercial 
some commercial deals, et cetera. But mostly what I'm doing now on the investment side is uh, residential. Mm-hmm. That's cool though. It gives you a, a feel for all different flavors of real estate. Yeah. And you know, it's the evolution. If you look at it, um, of real estate, whether, you know, because I have a lot of friends that are real estate agents that started out as a realtor that now we're interested. I saw you had uh, Nick and uh, Chris Prefontaine on your, on your yeah. podcast as well. They're actually, I'm in Connecticut. They're in, they're in Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, they got, they got a really cool shop there as well um, on what they do and some really cool strategy. But what you realize is you have, um, like I said, a lot of my friends start off as residential agents and then now started sip, uh, uh, tipping their toes into um, the other side of it on the investing side. So yeah, pretty interesting. Hmm. Well, Bob, if someone wants to learn more about you or Reva Global, where can they go? You can email me directly. You go to our website, uh, revaglobal.com. That's R-E-V-A global.com. My email address uh, as well as bob at revaglobal.com. We also have a a podcast series every Friday. It's at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time called the FridayCoffeeBreak.com. So that's FridayCoffeeBreak.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bob. Awesome. Appreciate, Appreciate you having me. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the talk, you can subscribe to us and leave us a review on your podcast player of choice. Shop Talk is a production of the CE Shop.